The book is causing me a headache, to be honest, because there's so much stuff packed on every page that I, I feel like a, a garbage disposal that's being crammed with too much turkey after Thanksgiving. You know, there's just so much to digest here. But the cool thing about the book is that you actually put in what I would call recipes almost for mm -hmm. what you mean by cumulative advantage. And specifically, I'm talking about on page 52, you start dissecting, I guess, the key components of cumulative advantage. And frankly, I'm just going to read them to you one at a time and ask you, what did you mean by that? So the first one is connect your present to your past. Mm. Yeah. So this is a this is a, a part where I'm encouraging people to think about how do you create this initial advantage? What is special about you that can create new opportunities? And I think one thing that a lot of people overlook is this ability to look at your heritage and your experiences. I taught a class, an amazing, amazing class last week to these students from, they were entrepreneurs from all over the world. And it was a very inspiring week. A lot of them say, well, what can I do that hasn't already been done? And even if you're a young person, there's really no one like you. There's no one's had your experience. No one's had your education. No one's grown up the way you've grown up. And everyone is worthy and everyone has something to add. And they are unique. To break out, to be original, you have to be able to tap into you. It has, has to, you have to be able to tap into what made you. And so that's what I mean is like, how do you connect to whatever's happened in your past? Connect the dots to see how does that apply to today? How am I relevant in this moment? And you give a couple of examples of people who do that or have done that very, very successfully. And one of them, I, I had not heard this story, but I love it. It's about a dancer in Cali, Colombia named Alberto Beto Perez. And uh, long story short, it appears that he was a step aerobics instructor. Hey, he hated it. <laughs> and of course, because it's dum, 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 boring, 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 boring. And and yeah. one day he got to class and he realized he didn't have the regular music that he would teach the class to. And rather than cancel the class, he just pulled out what he actually listened to himself in terms of entertaining music that he enjoyed. He put it on and did an improv class, basically. Salsa. Totally yeah. improvised class based yeah. on salsa that has become a pretty big brand called Zumba, which, and I love this little detail you put in here, has reached 15 million people in 186 countries. And then in parentheses, Mark adds, by comparison, McDonald's is just in 118 countries. So right. Zumba is more places than McDonald's. Can you right. believe that? Right. And again, it started because of an accident, started because of a random moment. But most importantly, it, it was like a mashup between who he was and kind of what his customers needed in that moment. And he, he created a new advantage for himself. Yeah. And you sum it up at the bottom of that page by saying nobody can have an insight exactly like you because there is only one you. You are an insight machine. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Talk about empowering someone. It's like, no, you may not think you're intuitive. Yes, you are. Just pay attention to what, what you're doing in your life and, and look and be sensitized. I think the key there is be sensitized to the fact that there are seams yes. of opportunity mm -hmm. that you can take advantage of all over the place, but become sensitive to them yeah. and connect them to, 
to yourself, but not only to yourself, I guess recipe ingredient number two is connect the people. Yes. What does that mean? I actually have a master's degree in applied behavioral sciences. And one of the things I learned is that people can't really think out of the box. Everyone has a mental framework that is more or less complete by the time they're 15 years old. So of course we can be inspired and of course we can have good ideas, but true breakthrough thinking really happens when we combine boxes, when we just get on a roll, right? We're talking to one of our friends and maybe we start laughing and say this, and then they say, what about this? And you build and you build and you build. And all of a sudden you sit back and realize, wait a minute, that can really work. (laughs) And I mean, that's how so much of my life works. I was so inspired. I read the Leonardo da Vinci book by Walter Isaacson. And one of the things I realized in this book, I mean, Leonardo da Vinci is arguably one of the most creative people who ever lived. Almost all of his work was a collaboration in some way. It built on something that went before him. It built on ideas from his friends. He'd have people get together at parties and they talk about ideas and build and build and build. And it was a lesson that I learned that my business could be so much better. My books could be so much better if I got input from other people to build and build and build. And so I've tried to connect people in all of my creative endeavors because it's almost always better than what I started with. Oh, I would agree with you. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've been a creative director and copywriter in advertising forever. And at the beginning, I was very, very tight. It was, it had to be my idea. It had to be me. It had to, you know, and all of a sudden I look at the work that I did and the work I did with peers who are best at what they did, they would always bring it up to a higher level. We would always have more success, more Mm -hmm. satisfaction. And I had to get rid of what I like to call the originality obstacle, which is, guess what? If Da Vinci is not original, because the Vitruvian man, you know, there's a whole story on who came up with the Vitruvian man, you know, the spread arm, spread leg, circle. It was was Vitruvius. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's why they call it the Vitruvian man. That's the whole point. I mean, and one of my favorite internet artifacts of all time is, what's his name? Kirby uh, somebody. Everything is a remix, which is going through and pointing out that Led Zeppelin stole the killing floor from old blues guy, et cetera. Every, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, Shakespeare stole from Plautus and Euripides. And, you know, there is nothing new except one thing, and that is your take on it. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's key. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by my new book, Nonfiction Brand. Discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand you already are, now available on Amazon.com. Jay Baer, best-selling author of Talk Triggers, said, The book is outstanding. Highly recommended. A spectacularly useful guide to personal branding that pulls off the difficult trick of being both realistic and inspirational. A must-read, regardless of where you are in your own brand-building journey. To get your copy, head on over to Amazon.com and search Nonfiction Brand. And let's get you all the credit you deserve for the completely true, completely you brand you already are. Another one of your big, I would call it recipe elements is go where the action is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, so if you think about how did Starbucks become Starbucks, Starbucks started out as a, as a tiny little coffee roasting company in 
Seattle and the founder of Starbucks went to Italy and he saw these little, you know, boutique coffee shops on every corner. And he said, we don't really have that in America. It's like this really cool place where people hang out and drink good coffee. And so that's, he was, he, he was in a new place and saw something new. And I grew up with a manufacturing heritage and you, you could always learn, you could always understand when you go where the action is, where is the stuff being made? How is the stuff being used? What are our customers doing? What do our customers need? And you could just learn so much by going out. I was recently counseling a young guy. He got his first marketing job and they're selling things like ladders and home improvement things from his company. And he's trying to figure out how do we create a social media community? I said, well, I'm not really sure you you should or you need to. I said, have you visited your customers yet? He said, no. I said, do you have delivery trucks going to all your customers? He said, yes. I said, go to your boss and tell him for the next two weeks, you're going to ride around on delivery trucks and you're going to go to the customers and you're going to see how do they display our ladders? What do they love about our ladders? You're going to watch customers. You're going to see what about our competitors? How are they displayed? Why would someone buy them instead of us? Why do our customers love us? Why do they love the competitors? How can we improve? What are the prices? And so getting out where the action is can be a huge opportunity for creating some initial advantage and new ideas. Well, yeah. And getting yourself out of your head. That's the big thing. And yeah. Because as you know, as anyone in marketing knows, what you're selling is not necessarily what they're buying or what they need. You know, right. if you're right. selling on features and benefits, you're missing the big reason that they're buying your product or service. What mm-hmm. they have is a, a bleeding need that they need fixed and they're, they're looking to you for the answer. Another one of the key pillars of cumulative advantage is, and I love this reference to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, mm-hmm. is the dog barking. Right. That's a huge source of inspiration for me. And I, I learned this from Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker was probably the most famous marketing and management author in, in history. And I had the honor of studying under him for three years when I was at the Claremont Graduate University. And one of the things he would, he, it was one of his favorite sayings. He would teach by the Harvard case study method. And we would go, we would work on these things for weeks and we would get into all this detail. We would debate. And when we were missing something big, he would say, the dog isn't barking, which means something wasn't happening that we that should be happening. And if something's not happening when it should be happening, you stop and you go down and you figure it out because there's an inspiration there. There's an idea. There's a revelation. On the last show, I gave the example of Hallmark Cards. Stop creating e-cards. That made no sense to me. The dog isn't barking. They should be doubling down on e-commerce right now. So you dig down, dig down. I learned something. Could be a business idea. Yeah, exactly. And of course, the dog isn't barking refers to Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Adventure of Silver Blaze, in which a dog did not bark. Therefore, it had to be someone the dog knew who murdered whoever got murdered. Right. If the dog doesn't bark, they know who the murderer is. Got it? That's a clue, right? Yep. 
Number five in those pillars is see opportunities in crisis, which you talked about with your situation with COVID and things like that. So I'm going to bypass that one to spend a little bit more time on number six, create a collision prone environment. Now, this (laughs) truly is counterintuitive because most people don't want collisions at all. And you're saying collisions. Yeah. So so what do you mean by that? I mean, collisions can be good things. Momentum begins when we have this new idea, when we have this inspiration, when we learn something new. And these random moments in normal times, in non-pandemic times, could occur if we talk to somebody at a conference or we sit next to somebody on a plane and start getting, and we learn something and we realize something, wait a minute, you know, we connect the dots in a new way. And one of the concerns that I have is that during this pandemic, we're not having these random conversations. We're doing Zoom meeting, Zoom meeting, Zoom meeting, Zoom meeting, and we just want to get off. We're not having water cooler conversations. We're not sitting next to a stranger. We're not having some serendipity where we see someone new or meet someone new at a conference that changes our worldview of something. And so those are the collisions that I'm talking about that, that result in, in new ideas and, and inspiration and the random moments that lead to momentum of some kind. So what I'm trying to do right now is inject randomness into my life. One way is there's an app I found where you can meet other marketing professionals who you've never heard of before. You tell them, here are my interests, boom, 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 boom. It's like a matchmaking service for business professionals. You have a one-hour conversation with somebody random. I think I've done seven of these now Five of them were really, really good, where I came up with a new idea or even found a new business collaboration opportunity. So we're at a risk of really walking into a death valley of creativity right now because we don't have these random mashups. We don't have these collisions. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm thinking about a mutual friend of both of ours, Bea Polaboker, who's been on the podcast from Nelson, Tasman, New Zealand, of all places. Do you know where I met her? I was in line after a Brian Solis keynote at one of the uh, social media marketing worlds. Uh, He closed several years ago. She's right behind me in line. I'm waiting to talk to Brian. We strike up a conversation. I notice her not from around here accent. And we start talking. And now she's a, a very close friend. And at the same time, I find out she's got a connection to you. So that there are these weird synergies that are happening because I happen to stand in front of her in a line. Right, right. Lines that we are no longer in. Yeah, it, well, exactly. And which is why I can't wait to get back to such yeah. kind of serendipitous, you call it, a, it's almost like a super collider ring where you've got all these electrons <laughs> flying around. I, I, want, I want to hit another electron and so we can create some quarks or some, yeah. come up with some new muons. particles. Muons. Yeah, exactly. Boy, that muon stuff I've been reading about, I, I have no understanding of, but yeah. amazing amazing stuff. Before we end this episode, I just want to go back to a concept that I think is so incredibly important. And that is what you call finding the seam. Mm -hmm. And again, just to set this up, Mark came up with this great idea for describing opportunity, not this big wide vista of opportunity, but these little micro tears in the universe where you can possibly take that tear and open it up and create a whole new universe. And you give some very quick examples that I think will resonate with everyone. Pinterest found an untapped market among women for sharing visual scrapbooks 
scaled quickly and became the third biggest social network in just 18 months. You already talked about Starbucks, a tiny company found an advantage. Boom, they're bigger than, you know, sliced bread. And then for nearly 30 years, Enterprise Rent-A-Car was the only company that picked up and dropped off local customers who needed a replacement vehicle. Huge same, huge gain. Yeah. We see this happening right now with Clubhouse. Now, I think this is a a useful case study. One question would be, would, would Clubhouse been successful in 2018? What is the scene for Clubhouse? The scene is people are bored and they're lonely and they miss talking to people. And we've got 20 million unemployed people in the country. They have a lot of time on their hands to talk. And boom, here comes Clubhouse. Now, it's attracting a lot of attention. It's attracting a lot of users, a lot of buzz, and a lot of investment money. Now, what's happening? Clubhouse, they had an idea. They just didn't sit on it. They pursued it. They burst through this scene. It became successful. They found, you know, they validated their idea. The scene is there. The time is right. Not in 2018. Maybe not in 2023. It's now. And you got to go now. What's happening? LinkedIn, creating social audio like Clubhouse. Facebook, Twitter, created Twitter spaces. Everyone's copying them now, right? So the only job Clubhouse has right now is win that scene. Don't even worry about monetization right now. You've got to dominate. You've got to win that scene. Keep that momentum going and they'll be successful. Because I think at the end of the day, there'll only be one. Just like, you know, we have one Twitter. If anybody says, oh, we're going to be the next Twitter, run away. We don't need another Twitter. We have one. Clubhouse has found a new scene. Now, they went after it. They burst through the scene. And now they've got to dominate the scene to win the day. One of the reasons I really enjoy following you and uh, I'm on your newsletter, I'm signed up for your newsletter, is you aren't afraid to come back and modify and extend your remarks. Because I do remember, I don't know, a couple months ago, you came out with a, a post that was the problem with Clubhouse. And it was yeah. all about the, the need for synchronous communication. If we're in a Clubhouse room, we have to be there at the same time. But then you, and you said that was a big, 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 big problem. Still is. Yeah. It, and it absolutely is. But yeah. that doesn't mean that you consigned it to the scrap heap of bad app no. ideas. No, no. I mean, it's, it, it's legitimate. But it's problematic for a content creator because it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And why would you create content that can never be seen and heard again? It can't be discovered, you know, so that 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 may resolve at some point. But, you know, I I, from a personal standpoint, I enjoy it. I think it's a ball, but it is not going to become part of my strategic arsenal as a as a marketing idea. I understand why, because going back to our very early part of last week's episode, where you're talking about a gentleman who contacted you and you wanted to contact him back, but you couldn't remember where you contacted him or he contacted you and you couldn't find it written. And then you found it as a audio file mm-hmm. through, I don't know, was it Facebook audio or something? I, I don't even know what it was. <laughs> yeah, but, but the point being, it was Facebook. Yeah. If a great idea tree falls in the forest, but there is no forest and there is no tree, yeah. does it make a sound or can you remember it? The answer is no, because I've, I've heard some great stuff on Clubhouse because I do enjoy it. 
But if I ever wanted to search a transcript of yeah. Yeah. The, the date and time conversation, forget about yeah. it. Doesn't exist. Right. right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I was listening. Uh, there was a great, great room with Barbara Corcoran from the Shark Tank. Right. And she was talking about her early life. And I got to tell you something, DP. It followed the whole idea of cumulative advantage to the to the T and how she overcame these these challenges in her life. But she had one thing that kind of kept her going and that she turned into her advantage. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the car listening to this and I'm thinking, how do I capture this? This is great. This is great content. It, it just shows what's happening in my book. Exactly. This is how it works. This is how it works. I've got to write a blog post out of it. And I, you know, I couldn't write it down. I couldn't record it. I couldn't ever find it again. I can kind of remember the main ideas, but it would have been a lot better to have that audio file or a transcript where I could say, look what she said. Look, it's, it's, it's legitimate. It's not going to go away, but it's, it's not for me. And it's probably, probably not for a lot of people because I'm just a busy person. And you could call that ephemeral advantage. Yeah. It's there, but then it's gone. Instead, I got to recommend a book by Mark Schaefer, my guest today. Cumulative advantage is the name of the book, how to build momentum for your ideas, business and life against all odds. And it's available on Amazon, as you said. Can you also get stuff like, uh, is it possible to get a signed book from you from your website? Yeah, well, I've had lots of requests. So for all of my books, there's an option that you can get a, a, a hard copy version of the book. I'll sign it for you and I'll put, put something a little extra in there for you too. And uh, yeah, that's available for all of my books. And uh, you know, it's kind of what an amazing place to be where people actually want a signed copy of your book. So sure. Just go on there, one price for everybody. I'll ship it wherever you want and you can have your signed book. Well, and to get that book, all you have to do is go to businessesgrow.com slash cumulative dash advantage. And you'll be able to not only get that book, but you'll be able to download a bunch of free stuff, get a study guide, view the cumulative advantage video and a whole lot more. So I got to tell you, this is, if you're going to buy five marketing books this year, this is definitely one of those five, if not the one that you should get, because this guy makes me think, which is why I love having him on the nonfiction brand podcast. And are you working on anything new? No, well, you know, I'm always working on something new, but it's writing a book is, is, is such a commitment and such a sacrifice and it's also the biggest personal risk you can ever have as a brand because you can't take it back. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm always waiting for that review DP that says, well, Mark is a smart guy and a nice guy, but the big dummy forgot this. Yeah. And uh, so it, it, you know, I put an enormous, enormous, ridiculous amount of work in, into these books. We talked about the Winklevoss story, which is maybe two pages long. It took me three days to write just that story. I told my wife, nobody would believe the work I'm putting into this book. And so it's before I commit, it's got to be right. It's got to be 100%. It's got to be the right thing. It's got to be the right idea. And I've got to believe in it with everything I've got because it just takes, it takes so much out of me to do it. Yeah. Well, I think the effort and blood, sweat and tears you put into this book is evident because the quality of it is really excellent and I can't recommend it enough. So again, the title of that book is Cumulative Advantage, How to Build Momentum for Your Ideas, Business and Life Against the Odds by Mark 
W. Schaefer, that's S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R, and you can get that on Amazon. And by the way, I have a, a, it's not a beef, it's more of a, how did you get that? Your marketing companion podcast got one of my favorite thought leaders of all time, Tom Peters on just recently. And uh, I got to say, congratulations for that. Well, thanks. It was, it was really, it was, we, we, we talked about connecting people that leads to innovation and opportunity. And I have a, uh, a marketing retreat I do each year called the uprising. A woman came to that retreat who ended up being the publisher of Tom's book. So when I heard that he was coming out with his very last book, he's retiring. And look, the book is about extreme humanization, which is everything I write about. I said, oh, please, please, please. And so she made the connection for me and I, I got him on, on my show. So that would be an example of creating a collision environment. That's exactly right. That's a, it's a big collision environment. That's, that's what my retreat is all about, is, is colliding big, big ideas. Well, and I'm guessing people can find out more about that retreat if you head to businessesgrow.com. Yeah. It's called The Uprising. And you know, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, the next live one isn't scheduled until April of 2022. But I'm doing a virtual one in the fall of 2021, which is also a lot of fun and pretty inexpensive. Well, there you go. So check that out again at businessesgrow.com. That's Mark Shaver's website. And Mark, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and coming back on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I'm DP Knuton for the Nonfiction Brand Podcast, and he is Mark Schaefer. And I'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye. 